Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, sir, indeed. Good Friday to you and yours. You got Chris Canty, Freddie Coleman in for Mike Greenberg on Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Since X and Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play that ESPN radio. Brother Chris Canty, good Friday to you, partner. What's going on, Freddie C? I'm used to hearing you during the quiet storm, not yes. the one, but now yes. we got you in daytime hours. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, the people are not ready for this, Freddie C. They're just not. Nor should they be. They're only human, number one, when it comes to that. <laughs> number two, daytime Freddie and daytime Chris. What could possibly go wrong with that show? As a matter of fact, everything is going to be right when it comes to Chris Canty in five minutes, calling out Jimmy Butler. 30 minutes with a little R-E-S-P-E-C-T when it comes to the Baltimore R-A-V-E-N-S. But let's get with it with... Here we go! Only one place to start. I think Jimmy Butler failed the Miami Heat last night, and it's not all on Jimmy Butler, but it starts with the intensity that he brings on the court. Jimmy is still so confident. I haven't seen him play with passion not one game but this violence, and that's disturbing to say that's the leader. Chris, you know this when you're years in the NFL. Sometimes a good big man is better than a good little man any day. And I can't wait to see what Eric Spolster because the Heat can't grow between Game 3 and Game 4 because they got bullied in Game 3. I can't wait to see what Eric Spolster is going to throw at the Denver Nuggets tonight in Game 4 to try to level the series at 2. Yeah, and Freddie, see, we saw the big adjustment that Spo made from Game 1 to Game 2 was going double big in the starting lineup, putting Kevin Love in there, letting him guard Aaron Gordon, and then, of course, Bam Adebayo on Nikola Jokic. And then that freed up Jimmy Butler to man up on Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray struggled a little bit in terms of being able to get going, his offensive efficiency numbers, creating uh, open shots for himself and others in Game 2. But the big adjustment that Michael Malone made going into Game 3 was using Nikola Jokic Mm -hmm. as a screener. So we know that he used 15 DHOs between Jokic and Jamal Murray, and three of those four came uh, at the beginning of the game. The first you know, four possessions, you had three DHOs between Jokic and Jamal Murray. But overall, in game three, 32 ball screens by Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Like, we credit Jokic with his fundamentals, his footwork, uh, his ability to see the entire floor, to distribute, to pass the basketball. But an understated aspect of his game is as a screener. And that was impactful in Game 3 to the tune of being able to do something that we've never seen in NBA history, which is two teammates going off for 30-point triple-doubles. Like, we've never seen it. Not in the NBA Finals, not in the playoffs, not in the regular seat. We've never seen that happen. And I think you have to attribute that to Nikola Jokic being so great, so talented, so skilled, but also to Michael Malone for being able to have a counter to the X's and O's that Coach Spo threw at him in Game 2. So... Now I'm excited to see the game within the game between Spolstra and Michael Malone and what will Coach Spo come back with in game four because no doubt there will be a counter to that. You made a great point in terms of how they were able to deploy Nikola Jokic because how many times, Chris, do we see that coaches don't know how to do that or they forget how to do that? They didn't forget how to do that in game two. Miami said, hey, Nikola, if you want to get in touch with inner Kobe Bryant and score 81, go right ahead. We're not going to let you distribute the basketball and ping pong it all over the place. But Denver said, what do we do best? Our two best guys have got to be involved with each other. They call it 15, meaning Jamal Murray's the one, Nicole Jokic's the five, and they run that ball screen, they run that two-man game. And Miami was powerless to do anything about it. But it also underscores the fact, Chris, that if you're not making shots at the other end, 
and they weren't because of the length and physicality of the Denver Nuggets, then it doesn't matter how you're not able to slow down Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray or you're able to stop them. If you're not making shots to the other and against an elite offensive team like Denver, then you have no chance of winning game four tonight or winning any point in any game in the rest of the series. Yeah, and so much of the Miami Heat's run throughout the playoffs has been predicated on them taking and making wide-open three-point shots. And Denver, for the first time in this series in game three, was able to run Miami off of that three-point line. They Mm -hmm. didn't have the productivity shooting it from deep. And if you cut the faucet off from the Heat in that way, then they're going to struggle to score points. Think about it. Outside of Jimmy Butler, there really is no constant when it comes to scoring on the Heat's offense. You'll get guys stepping up on any given night. One day it might be Max Struess. The other day it'll be Gabe Vincent. Sometimes it's Duncan Robinson. It could be Kyle Lowry off the bench. Bam Adebayo, who played big early on in the finals, but was a ghost in the Eastern Conference finals. Sure. I mean, it, it, th- there is no rhyme or reason to who's going to be the guy opposite of Jimmy's scoring, which is why it's so important that Miami is able to knock down three-point shots. You see the numbers right there on the screen. 11 of 35 from three-point land in game three. 31% in games one and two. They were 30 of 74. So you're talking about making 40% over the first two games from downtown for Miami as opposed to making 31% from three-point land in game three. It's going to be absolutely critical that they find a way to generate those wide-open looks and when those guys get them, yeah. they've got to make them. Yeah, don't be bricklayers. Be shot makers when it comes to the Butlerettes and helping out Jimmy Butler. And here's the, the thing Miami that's Heat. so surprising about it, big what, fella. It's just the, the one thing is you would expect that the role players yeah. would shoot better at home. Yes. Like, isn't that the whole adage? You know, role players play better at home in the postseason. That didn't look like it was the case on the on, on game three on Wednesday, Wednesday night. It just didn't feel like that. So. I would be surprised if we see, didn't see the effort, the overall intensity and urgency ratcheted up by the Miami Heat tonight. Chris Canty, Freddie coming on Greeny on ESPN Radio. By the way, what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone, AutoZone. And speaking of getting into the zone and being charged up, I want to see exactly how that's going to happen. Not so much from Jimmy Butler because he probably guaranteed a win tonight in game four to level this series at two. Obviously, I expect to win. But what makes me proud is these guys are never out of the fight. They're so joyful um, because we're in this thing together through good and through bad. And I'm, I'm proud of my guys for that. I love my guys for that. So tomorrow we're going to come out with a lot more energy. We're going to compete at a high level. We're going to get one at home. All oh, the right Reverend Jimmy Butler saying, make a joyful noise, Chris Canty, in game four. <laughs> Everybody said the church doors are open. The Butlerettes are going to show up. The concession stands will be there. The right Reverend Jimmy Butler, Chris Canty, has basically said, we're going to win game four. That's all well and good. We know he has to lead the way. We know he needs that support. I just wonder exactly what that's going to look like because we have not seen a Jimmy Butler in the first three games of the series like we saw versus Boston, like we saw versus the Knicks, and like we saw versus Milwaukee where he was an explosive Jimmy Butler. He was a dominant Jimmy Butler. Where has that guy gone so far in the first three games of this series? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler has had five 30-plus point performances in the postseason, and four of those came before game one against the New York Knicks where he sprained his ankle. So one would surmise that that ankle 
is limiting his ability to have those explosive outbursts in terms of scoring the basketball. Um, you know, since we since we've seen that both in the conference finals and in the first three games of the NBA finals. But in order for the Miami Heat to get to where they want to go, Jimmy's going to have to be able to score at a high clip. Mm-hmm. But because okay. they do have trouble finding reliable scoring outside of him night in, night out, game in, game out. So I, I think it has to be a Jimmy Butler dropping 30, 35, 40-plus points in order for the Miami Heat to be able to get back control of this series. Okay. Uh, and, and so that's the thing that I'm looking for tonight from Jimmy with him dropping a guarantee like that. It sounds like he's poised to have one of those classic playoff Jimmy performances. And make no mistake about it, the Miami Heat need that. But I will also say this to people that are being skeptical of the Heat's ability to make this a long series, do so at your own peril. The (laughs) Miami Heat, when they are down or when they are tied in a series, this is a team that wins a lot of basketball games. Now, when they're up, they don't necessarily do a great job. I think they have a 500 record when they have a series lead as opposed to when they're down or trailing and when they're tied or trailing in a series, they have – an astonishing record. I, I Cam, our fearless leader, is going to pull up the numbers for us. But right. I, I, my biggest thing with the Miami Heat is that this team has to match and exceed the effort and energy that you're getting from the Denver Nuggets just because of the talent disparity between the two squads. Like, the Denver Nuggets have three lottery picks in their starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Miami can't out-talent Denver. No. The way that Miami's going to win this series is by the hustle plays, the 50-50 balls, out-rebounding them. Um, you know, forcing turnovers, getting live ball turnovers that lead to runouts, points in transition. That's how Miami has to win. Second chance points, being able to be aggressive, getting to the free throw line. They haven't done those things consistently throughout this series. And when you don't do those little things, when you don't win within the margins, you find yourself in a situation that we saw in game three, where it looks like you're giving a haphazard effort in comparison to how the Denver Nuggets are playing. So, I'm anticipating okay. a different vibe, right. a, a, a different energy mm-hmm. from the Miami Heat tonight. Okay. If they don't, we're talking about this thing being over on Sunday night. All those things sound wonderful. If I'm a Miami Heat fan listening to Chris Conti, Chris Canty right now driving through South Beach, I'm thinking, yeah, that's right, Chris. You tell Freddie Coleman. You tell those people about the Miami Heat culture. Here's the difference of against betting for the Denver Nuggets and against the Miami Heat. Mm. For the first time, the Miami Heat are dealing with somebody inside that can control the game. Didn't have to worry about that in the Milwaukee Bucks series, especially when Giannis Antetokounmpo suffered that injury. He's not really an inside player. He gets to the rim, but he's okay. not an inside player. With the New York Knicks, Julius Randle once again disappeared. The one inside guy that you needed, he disappeared. The Boston Celtics, they were too goofy at times to even think about doing something like that. But now you got that big bad man in the middle called Nikola Jokic, who controls so many different things because of his size, his ability, his gift, his genius. Sometimes you can do all those things, Chris Canty, and win those 50-50 balls and get on the floor and get that energy and all that other effort, all those things. But when you got a guy like that can be just like Queen Latifah, the equalizer, (laughs) and that's what he does, that is something that Miami has not had to deal with, and they didn't deal right with it. They haven't dealt right with it, to be honest with you. In all three games of this series, they are an 11 of 16 fourth quarter performance from being down 3-0 in this series Mm. to the Denver Nuggets. So I'm not saying you're wrong in what Miami has to do and betting against them against against your own peril. But because Denver has a guy in Jokic that is really unstoppable and he's been unstoppable in the playoffs, 
he may be able to equalize all those things that Miami needs to bring to the table to level the series. Well, game two told us, though, even if you don't stop Jokic, you can still win, right? I mean, anytime Jokic goes for 40-plus points, the Denver Nuggets lose. They're 0-3 in the postseason. So it's not necessarily about stopping Jokic from scoring because I don't think he can do that. He's the best player in the world right now. But you can stop Jamal Murray. You can stop Michael Porter Jr., who's essentially been a no-show this series. True. You can stop KCP. You can keep Christian Brown from having a 15-point outburst in 19 minutes played in Game 3. You can stop Bruce Brown. Like Those are the guys that you have to focus on. Don't let Aaron Gordon bully you to the tune of having double-digit points sure. in the first quarter like he did in Game 1. No doubt. Those types of things cannot happen. And so that's the attention to detail that I'm anticipating Miami having in game four because they're up against it. And so, big fella, Cam got me the numbers with the Miami Heat. They have a 500 record this postseason Uh when leading a series. Uh When trailing a series or when tied in a series, they have a 4-1 and record. So I'm anticipating Miami staying on the winning side of that thing. I I don't want to give our picks away early. But I will say this. It's going to be a different Miami Heat team tonight in that arena. And it has to be in order for them to make this a six- or seven-game series. And as this thing continues to play out, as the series continues to go long, you would think that that would favor the Miami Heat because they have experience in this spot with their core players. Jimmy, Bam, they've been in NBA Finals before. These guys from Denver have it. So you would think that as this series gets, gets late, as it starts to get ratcheted up in terms of the overall pressure, that it would favor the more experienced team, it would favor the better coach, and that would lean toward Miami. So I, I, uh, I think uh-huh. that Miami has got to look at this as a must-win situation. No doubt. And if they do, there's a good chance that the Heat have an opportunity to, to take this to distance and be on the right side of it. He may not have made a prediction. Sounds like he's leaning. He's leaning. I'm leaning. He's I'm leaning, leaning baby. He's leaning. I'm leaning. To Miami winning game four tonight, that game, 830 Eastern time on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty and Freddie coming in for Mike Greenberg, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV, and could save you money. Visit Progressive.com. You can always visit us on Twitter at ChrisCanty99. That's Chris's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. And the regular host of this show will talk that talk on a new world in golf and return how teams used to be built to win in the NBA. This is Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. The DP World Tour, Live Golf, PGA Tour, all coming together. Some very upset players. I had one player tell me, why would we do this now? The Live Tour is dead in the water. It's not working, and now we're going to throw them a life jacket. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty, Freddie, coming in for Mike Greenberg today. Don't forget about us on Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker. And the usual host of this show, he's got so much going on because he's doing Get Up. He's got NBA Countdown tonight before Game 4 of the NBA Finals on ESPN and ABC at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. He is Mike Greenberg. Hit him on Twitter at ESPN Greeny. Greeny, before we get to the NBA Finals in Game 4 and can the Miami Heat level the series at 2-2, when you heard about the merge between the PGA and Live Golf, you're a golf fan like I am. You're a golf viewer. What is your perspective on what it meant then and what it means now? I think it means that the PGA Tour, the leadership of the PGA Tour, recognized that this was an inevitability. Like I just heard that soundbite that you played leading into me where someone was suggesting that live golf wasn't working. But the reality is there's a big difference between not working and soon going away. Right. And I think that it was, it may not have been working depending on exactly what your definition of working is. It certainly wasn't something that people in this country were paying much or any attention to, but with the amount of money that was involved in it and the unlimited amount of money that remained behind it, I think the idea that it would just eventually die a natural death, I think had drifted away. I, I think the hope that they were going to be able to hold it off forever um, had dissipated, and they realized that they would have to do something in concert with them. There are also, of course, these rumors out there, and I don't have any way of knowing how true they are, that more high-profile players were getting ready to go. Um, and and that, of course, might have changed the calculus at least a little bit. I guess what I'm saying is, like everyone, I was shocked. But I think it, it, it's a nuanced conversation. But at, at the end of the day, I think the PGA Tour recognized the best they could do in this was a small victory rather than a complete knockout, which is to say this is a victory. The PGA Tour uh, emerges from this without any real competition, well, without any competition, the preeminent power in the world, in the, in the entirety of the sport throughout the world. 
um, and we'll get all of the best players back. What they didn't do was completely remove um, the elements of this that they would have liked to remove completely. But that goes back to the inevitability. I think they came to the conclusion that they never were going to do that, or at least that it was going to take so long and cost them so much money in legal fees to do so that their best bet was to do what they did, no matter how bad it made them look in the short run, which, of course, it most certainly did. Greeny, spinning this thing forward, how does this merger impact golf as an entertainment product? Well, I think very positively in the big picture. Once, to whatever degree, people are completely put off by this, people are turned off and all the rest of that. You and I both know, Chris, that that tends to fade away. Very few people who say, I'm never watching again, actually never watch again. So once the initial hullabaloo of all of this dies down to some degree, then I think the ultimate uh, outcome of it will be that the best, all the best players in the world will be playing all together again. Um, I, the idea that Liv is going to continue through this, I, I've seen some people say, some people directly connected with Liv who will not professionally make it through this merger um, say, oh, Liv will continue. That's nonsense. Liv will definitely not continue. And Greg Norman will definitely not continue to be involved. And soon enough, all of the best players in the world will all be playing on the same tour again, which is what has been the reality of the sport for the last 60 years and is, of course, the best outcome for all fans. I mean, all we want are to see all the best players playing against each other and, and let the best man or woman win. And um, in, in this case, uh, that's what's going to happen with the men's side of it all. And I, so I think in the long run, this will wind up being a good thing. That the whole thing ever happened is, of course, not a good thing for fans. It'll wind up being a very good thing for the players because there'll be a lot more money involved. Right. And in the end, for the entertainment product, I think it'll go back to something very close to what we were all used to for most of our lives. The host of Hashtag Greeny, get up an NBA countdown. Mike Greenberg joining Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter at ESPN Greeny. We're getting ready for game four of the NBA Finals tonight. And Greeny, I want you to listen to what Jay Will from KJM in the morning had to say about Nikola Jokic and his greatness. I think he will be the most offensively skilled, big, the best there is before it's all said and done. I firmly believe that. You tell me all the numbers are going to start to skew in that direction. If he doesn't get injured, the numbers are going to speak for themselves. Jay Will said that. What does Mike Greenberg say? Yeah, I understand what he means. You know, look, here, here's the thing. Nikola Jokic is on pace to become the first player ever to lead the entire postseason, all players in the postseason, in points, rebounds, and assists. Um, he is something that we have not ever really seen before. He is the natural evolution of the sport. I mean, Wilt, it's very hard to argue that any player could be more skilled offensively than Wilt Chamberlain was. The game was just completely different when Wilt Chamberlain played it. The, the, the position that Nikola Jokic plays, the things that he is asked to do, the things that he is able to do, are things that no other centers for the first you know 70 years of the sports history would have ever even thought of. I mean, if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had said to his coach, I, I want to go out there and shoot threes, um, you know, he, they, would have, they would have laughed at him and said, get your behind down under the basket where you belong, because the game has just evolved completely. So I think that what Nikola Jokic is, is um, the, the logical and natural 
continuation of the direction that the sport has been going, the trend in which the sport has been going. And I think he becomes maybe not the first, but the beginning of a new era. I think there'll be a lot more Nikola Jokic's to come. I think that the, the, the days of the bigs being schooled, being taught when they are young, post moves and footwork and all that kind of stuff, they're now going to be taught to handle the ball and be distributors. I mean, at the end of the day, Nikola Jokic is a 7-1 point guard. Um, and we've never seen anything like that before. So I understand what Jay is saying that if you just if you just separate the headline, most skilled big man ever, it sounds like a very very big statement. But the reality is, I think it just sort of makes sense. I mean, uh, he's not more talented than Hakeem Olajuwon was. He's not more talented than Will Chamberlain was. He's not more talented than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. But he does a lot more things and different things than they ever would have considered doing just based upon the direction in which the game has evolved. So I think we're going to see a lot more guys like him as we go forward. Maybe he'll be remembered as the beginning of an entire, in the same way that Steph Curry sort of changed the game. Maybe we will say someday that Nikola Jokic was at the forefront of the game changing again. Greeny, I know it's a relatively small sample size, but Jamal Murray has been somewhat of a barometer on how these games in the NBA Finals are going to go. And in games two and three, Jimmy Butler was the primary defender on Jamal Murray. Now, we also know that Jimmy Butler, when he scores 30-plus points, the Miami Heat are 5-0 and this postseason. So my question to you is, is it more important for Jimmy to have an outburst scoring the basketball, or is it more important for him to shut down Jamal Murray if they're going to have a chance at winning game four tonight? My answer to your question is yes. <laughs> Which is to say, look, to whom much is given, you know, much is expected. Jimmy Butler has to be the best player on the floor in one of these games if Miami is going to win one. Right. Um, they, they, they managed to win a game in game two without him doing that. I, I, I think that their, um, the Heat, their chance of winning lies in getting two guys out of the following group, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, um, Duncan Robinson, um, and Max Struess. Two of the, of the four of them have to have a huge night, you know, just knocking down threes all over the place, who, who, which it doesn't really matter which two. But let's, let's just live in a world where, you know, Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson, you know, combine for like 13 made threes. Well, now Miami has a chance. Um, if they don't get that, then I think they have no chance. Um, if they get that, then their chance, I think, lies in one of their stars playing like the best player on the floor. And we came into this series saying, will this be the coronation of Nikola Jokic or will it be the coronation of Jimmy Butler? And certainly so far it has been the coronation in every way of Nikola Jokic. So Butler is a great two-way player. Playoff Jimmy has been spectacular. I don't know what is and isn't going on you know, with him, and that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. But I do know that if the Heat are going to have a chance to win tonight and, and more importantly, if they're going to have a chance to win the championship – it is going to be because they ride their best player. That's how they got here in the first place. And if he is not able to do that for whatever reason or just doesn't do it, then I think they have no chance. My, my prediction before the series began was Denver in five, and, and I will stay with it. That's what I expect to happen. Um, the, the, the games didn't go in the order in which I thought they would. I thought Denver would win the first two at home, then Miami would, would show up big in game three, and win one. But I, I think, you know, the Nuggets are just definitively the better team. 
I expect them to win tonight and end it Monday. But the things, as we all know, and anyone who listens to this show knows, the things I expect very rarely wind up happening. <laughs> well, if that happens, if the Nuggets live up the expectations, we'll have the Bucks, the Warriors, and Nuggets, the last three champions, that have had a core group that has been together for more than a minute. How much of that could be maybe where the NBA goes back to the future and not tries to put super teams together, but build the way we've seen the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Warriors win championships lately? Well, look, I mean, I love it, but I, I, I don't think that these guys can help themselves, which is to say I think that there will always be stars with, with an eye on, you know, some greener grass, and I think there will always be owners and general managers who cannot help themselves. So when, when, when Phoenix traded for Kevin Durant, we all reacted. Certainly, I remember on Get Up and on this show, I reacted. Well, anyone would have done it. You couldn't not do it. Well, as it turned out, you gutted your team. Um, Devin Booker is probably eventually going to want out of there. And Kevin Durant, who would be shocked if Kevin Durant winds up saying, you know what, at some point this coming season, you know what, I would sure love to go play with this person in some other place. And Phoenix winds up being left with next to nothing. Um, the best path, certainly, is to find a bunch of players who like to play together and play well together and are happy where they are and, 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 and trying to build something that is lasting. I think the Nuggets are going to be really good for a long time. The Bucks haven't won another championship, but they've been really good. They've been right there, and if they keep Chris Middleton, they'll be right there coming up again. Um, the Warriors will see, but they're, of course, maybe at the back end of what has been a dynastic run. So the, I love the point of your question. I love the idea of the question. Yes, I think that is actually the best way to win in the sport. But it does not mean, I don't think, that star players aren't going to continue jumping from one place to another because they think they have a better chance. And I do not think owners will be able to, 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 um, to help themselves from doing it. But look, the reality of the situation is, if Kevin Durant, if this thing blows up, look, Dallas and Phoenix, I think, are both going to blow up. Right. So look at what happened. Kyrie and KD, I was having this conversation with someone the other night. If you look back at the summer of 19, it's going to wind up being one of the, the 30 for 30 on the summer of 19 is going to be epic. <laughs> with those guys choosing to go out to the Clippers and those guys choosing to come to the Nets and what we expected to happen and what actually happened. And hopefully that will be viewed as a cautionary tale by people around the NBA. But again, I don't, I don't think most of these owners can help themselves. Greeny, keep doing your thing, my brother. Enjoy game four tonight before, during, and after. Take care and be well, my man. Thank you. Yeah, the most important thing I've got going on is, is after tonight's game, I'm flying directly to Chicago for my daughter's college graduation. Nice. So I will be there this weekend. Yeah, that's, that's the most important. So whatever happens in the basketball, I'll be okay. I'm looking forward to a great weekend. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see you tonight on ABC and then Monday from Denver, and maybe that'll be it. Uh, real quick, from Northwestern? Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah, I'll be in Chicago this weekend. and Yeah, to see my daughter walk through that arch, which I did 35 <laughs> years ago, um, is going to be really something. There's no way in the world. Let's put it this way. This is going to be like a three-hanky kind of weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's <laughs> so, awesome, I'm, G. I'm, that's I'm looking awesome. forward to it. Yeah, congrats, congrats. Congrats. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, Greeny. Thanks so much, my brother. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Mike Greenberg, the host of not only his show, Hashtag Greeny, but get up an NBA countdown. Countdown tonight on ABC begins at 8 o'clock Eastern time. you got Greeny, Michael Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith, and Jalen Roach. And don't forget about coverage on ESPN Radio. That begins at 7.30 Eastern. 
Eastern time. Chris Canty, Freddie coming in for Greeny and for Mike Greenberg here on ESPN Radio. We're going to bring some or maybe not bring some respect when it comes to Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, and Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. We promise. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Live from Bristol and in New York, you got Chris Canty and Freddie Coleman in for Mike Greenberg on Greeny on ESPN Radio. And give it up to the Florida Panthers. They win game three last night at Stanley Cup Finals by having that series now 2-1, to one, still in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. They win the zone last night. And in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Respect it. Or check it. That's why I say that thing, Aretha Franklin. We're going to do a little respect to check it when it comes to how we're going to make you mad about certain players and teams in the National Football League. When we say respect it or check it, we bring in Cam Pratt. He does the honors, and then we give it to you right now with Canty and Coleman on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty, I'm going to start with you. Your former team, the Baltimore Ravens, they get Lamar Jackson deal locked up, add a bunch of weapons around him. So the Ravens will be a top three team in the AFC, Canty. Respect it or check it. I'm going to respect that. I'm a res- well, let me not say. I'm a respect it. There you go. And, and here's why I'm a respect it. We saw the transformation that Roquan Smith made to that defense in the second half of last year. And, and and if the defense can continue to build on the performances that we saw, Patrick Queen being motivated because he wants his bread, coupled with Lamar Jackson having that glut of weapons around him, absolutely the Ravens are a team to contend with in the AFC. I, I think they're one. They should be viewed as a team that is right there with Cincinnati and Kansas City as the best team in the conference. That's how bullish I am on the Baltimore Ravens, even more so than the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins. It's the Baltimore Ravens. What he said, let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> and if you can't see it on radio, Chris Canty repping the Baltimore yes, Ravens today hey, yes, on TV. Yeah. All right, Freddie, I'll start with you on this one. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, 15 picks last year, mm-hmm. so he will throw less than 10 this year. Respect it or check it. I'm going to respect that because I think a lot of people will bang on Pat, on Dak Prescott because he has not been that playoff performer that they expect to see. So any interception that he throw a has thrown is going to be magnified. So I think he goes back to what we saw from him back in 2021, where he had 10 interceptions and 37 touchdowns. He can throw about 32. I think he throws less than 10. I'm going to respect that when it comes to Dak Prescott. So I'm going to check that. Dak Prescott has played six full seasons in the NFL. Dak Prescott has had four of those seasons have double-digit interceptions, including the last three full seasons. So Dak Prescott is showing us that he's a quarterback 
that's not necessarily going to take care of the football when he gets in adverse situations, when he's trailing in games, things of that nature. I, I just can't trust Dak Prescott to protect the football. I mean, think about this, guys. 35 turnovers in his last 31 games, including the playoffs, that's hard to ignore. And then you compound that issue with Mike McCarthy now being his play caller instead of Kellen Moore. I don't think that's necessarily the tree you want to be barking up. So I got to check that. Dak Prescott is going to throw double-digit interceptions this coming season. We'll see. Chris Canty, we've talked about it the last couple days. We asked Teddy Bruschi about it. We asked Booger McFarlane about it. This will be Bill Belichick's last season as Patriots head coach. Respect it or check it? I'm going to respect it. I think this is it for him. And I get where Booger was coming from in terms of Kraft trying to manage the fan base. But there are always going to be championship expectations in New England. That's the standard that Bill Belichick has established. And I think he's going to fall victim to that standard because you're talking about this franchise three years since a playoff, well, four years since a playoff win. And you're talking about being outside looking in when in the playoffs two of the last three seasons. So if that doesn't change, and I don't anticipate that it will given the landscape of the AFC East, then I think they transitioned Bill Belichick from the sidelines to full-time in the front office, and they have somebody new wearing a head coach headset on the sidelines in 2024. Nah, you got to check that. Maybe next year, but I can't see Bill Belichick going out like that, especially when the Patriots could wind up being the worst team in the AFC East, which is going to be a really good division this year. I don't think he wants that to be his football epitaph that the last season he coached in New England was a losing season again so i'll say next year will be the last season but for this year check that it will not be his last season as patriots head coach in 2023 all right bryce young gets the qb1 job someone has to win the nfc south so (laughs) freddie will bryce young lead the panthers to the playoffs respect it or check it oh you got to check that i I love bryce young i think he's going to be a terrific quarterback but that's a year away as far as i'm concerned now the components are there the defense is really good they got that running game and bryce young is really really sharp but chris you know this that learning curve where you go from mock one in college football to mock 30 in the national football league that's going to be difficult for anybody i don't care if you're neil degrasse tyson trying to solve the cosmos in the atmosphere bryce young is really really smart but not that smart yet. I'm going to say that's a check that with him and the Panthers winning the NFC South this year. I'm going to respect it. I'm going to respect it. Freddie C., can you name the three quarterbacks that started games for the Carolina Panthers last year? I know Sam Donald was one. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was the other one. Mm-hmm. And was the kid that played for Matt Rule at Temple, who I can't remember his name right now. P.J. Walker. P.J. Thank you. So I, am I right? Yeah. So, those are the three? Okay, so the, the team that had those three guys start games, came a fourth quarter in Week 17 away from winning the NFC South last year. Why would I think they can't win it this year with the most talented quarterback in the division by far? Wow. Already? Yeah, I'm going to respect it. Already. He's the most talented quarterback in the division by far. Just think about the division. Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, Jimmy uh, not Derek Carr, uh, free, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Like, what are, we, what are we talking about? So, respect that take all the way. 
the components that they have down there, the defense, I'm going to respect that take. I anticipate. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, let me say it differently. Okay. I would be shocked okay. if the Carolina Panthers don't win that division. I'll be shocked if they win it because I trust Derek Carr more at quarterback than the New Orleans Saints than a rookie coming in. I'm not going to say that Bryce Young's a better quarterback than Derek Carr, at least at the beginning. A long, potentially wasteland summer in New York, and we'll visit Planet Nicola to get a taste of that. That's next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.